Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Acts chapter 2, go there with me, verse 42. What is happening when you look at this, this, this chapter? We're looking at master plan. What did the church look like as it began? As, as God poured His Spirit out, as the church was birthed, what was the original pristine function? What did it look like? I keep saying, I believe we should go back to God's original master plan and let's carve off the things that don't fit and let's add the things that do fit and let's do church the way God designed. How many can say amen to that? That's what this whole series is about, master plan. Of course, we, we fit it in, in, into where we are today. So, you know, we, we, we don't uh, necessarily have to wear, you know, the clothes they wore uh, in, in 33 BC, uh, AD. We don't have to, you know, you don't have to ride your donkey to church. And you, you understand, you don't have to bring a lamb as your offering. But what do we see here? What did God's word say? How did they do this? All right. Uh, what happens when God is moving? What does a church look like that's full of the Holy Spirit? What does a church look like? How does a church function that has encountered God? Acts 2, verse 42 through 47. Immediately, this is how the church began. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the Word of God. Number two, to fellowship. Number three, to the breaking of bread. And number four, to prayer. Four critical core values as that church began. Now, how did that play out then? What did that look like as they moved forward Devoted to these things. Verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe. Not long ago in this series, I preached that. I want to ask you again today. When is the last time God did something in your life that left you in awe? He's that big of a God. Can somebody say amen? We need to be in awe of God. We need to be in awe of God. All right? So, Pastor, how does that happen? We allow Him to put us in places. Listen closely. We allow Him to put us in places... Where only God can answer those prayers. And when he does it, we're in awe. And we say, that was God. How do we allow God to put us in places where only he can answer the prayer? I'm not talking about geography. Listen, I'm talking about obedient faith. We choose to obey God at all risk. (laughs) We obey him. And we create a place to see the awesome hand of God. All right, let's keep going. So what happened? They're filled with awe. Look at this. Many, say many, many, many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together. In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So they met in the temple and they met in their homes. They ate together. They had fellowship together. And and as they did this, verse 47, they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, not just in the church, the whole community, the whole city, looked on this move of God and this church life with favor. What happened as a result of that? And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. At this, at this uh, juncture in the Master Plan series, we're revisiting something God birthed in us two years ago called Kingdom Builders. It's our intentional, proactive way 
to be prepared to bring the gospel to as many people as possible as fast as we can. I believe that Jesus could come back today. How many were ready? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give an altar call in a moment if you didn't raise your hand. I'm, the, I'm your best friend on the planet right now. If you didn't raise your hand, I'm the best friend you've ever had in your life. Because I'm about to hook you up. So we want to reach as many people as we can. We want to do it as effectively as we can. We realize that, that there's a clock ticking that no one knows but God. And it's important that, that we reach people, that we start right where we are. And that requires us to take some steps of obedient faith. So, so let's watch this. What was part of the DNA of this, of this church? Let, let, let's look at verse 44. You, we have to get this. There was all the believers were together and had everything in common, this supernatural unity. Someone say supernatural. You know why churches split and fight and fuss and cuss? You know why some of us have been hurt in church in the past? You know why some of you are trying to find your way back to church? I was reading about, uh, I don't know, man, we're on all this. I don't care, I'll say it anyway. Uh, you know, I was reading something on, on, I read Facebook about once a month, sorry, I'm just, and someone said, look at this, Pastor, and uh, I was reading about Brad Pitt. Anybody know Brad Pitt? You ever heard of Brad Pitt? Anybody know who that is? He's done a few movies. So, uh, Brad Pitt's parents attend an Assemblies of God church in Missouri, and in this article, he was talking about his journey of how he grew up in a really staunch Baptist home. And then he decided he didn't want to serve God. So he said he went through things like, uh, first he said he was an agnostic. And then he said, I just told people I was an atheist because it kind of sounded rebellious. And, 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 and then I had to, didn't have to do anything. Then he said, I've searched through some other avenues of spirituality. Then he said his parents got involved with the group. Us. And he said they, they, they started speaking in tongues. And, uh, and, and, and he said, he said uh, one thing, he, he said, I, I believe there was really some communication happening there. And now he finds himself trying to circle back around and, and see if he can get back to Jesus again. Now, don't get all excited and go get your Facebook. Pastor said, Brad Pitt is a Christian. I didn't say that. Pastor said, Brad Pitt's going to preach. I didn't say that. Now, and you single women, don't start praying, Jesus. You've been saving me for Brad. Jesus. Woo. Roll it back. Somebody say, hold it, sister. Come on, tell them. Say, hold it, sister. <laughs> Slow your roll. What am I saying? I'm saying this. There is an innate, God-given homing device mercifully placed in the heart of every human being on this planet that causes us to search till we find this thing that fits this hole in my heart that nothing else fits. And it's the mercy of God to call us back until we realize what I've been looking for all my life is not more stuff, not more people, not more experience. It's Jesus. I have been looking for Jesus. 
And, and, and so we, we see that. So, so here's what happens. Let me go back again. Maybe you've been like Brad Pitt searching and struggling or trying to figure it out. You were in church. You're out of church. You didn't like church. Can I tell you something? Why do churches mess up? Why do churches uh, hurt people instead of help people? Listen, it's very easy. Because when the church tries to do church naturally, we always fail. But when the church does church supernaturally, under the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit, we get it done to the glory of God. Can somebody say amen to that? So, so here we go. I'm taking way too much time on that. All right. So, so look at this. All, verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. That's just supernatural. You can't force that. It's ugly if you try to. Hey, hey, listen, ladies. Has your husband ever bought you the real perfume? You know that stuff. You know, first, any of you men ever had a, a, a shock the first time you went to the, uh, uh, what do you call that? The, that the department store, that counter, you know? I sneeze, he's walking up to it. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. You ever done that? And you're going to buy your wife perfume the first time. That bottle's about that big. They want some big money for that. I was like, my God. It costs that much? Come on, anybody been there? And, and so, you know, you, you get that. And then, have you ever, come on, you, you know it. You, you tried to impress her again, but you got stingy. And somebody told you, I know where you can buy something that's a knockoff. <laughs> Tell the truth. See, you messed up because you got her the real thing already. So then you try to, come on, act a little shady. You know, you're trying to act like it's the real stuff. And it just doesn't smell right. Tell the truth. I've, I've been inside some church buildings before. And it just didn't smell right to me. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. It just didn't smell right. Why? Because we've already tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And so when the supernatural presence of God takes over and we do church His way, listen, I've, tr I've seen forced unity, forced authority, forced respect. You know what I learned a long time ago as your pastor? You know who I really pastor in this church? The people who give me the right to be their pastor. It's only people I can pastor. I'm not going to stand up here every Sunday and pound my chest. Say, don't touch God's anointed. Come on. If I got to play that, I don't have it. But when the real thing's there, it's sweet. It's good. It's anointed. You got me? Wouldn't real. So, so watch this. You, you can't force this, but God did this. The believers were together. had everything in common. Look at verse 45. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. That's, that's supernatural generosity. It's legitimate generosity. It's when the God of this universe so touches your life and mine that we stop living for ourselves and put God first. It's when his concerns become greater than my concern. It's when I love you as much as I love myself. Is anybody with me? It's when I've so encountered him that he changed me. I didn't just join a church and start coming on Sunday. I met God. He changed me. His nature moved in my nature. I began to look at you differently. I look at me differently. I look at life differently. There is an encounter with God that every Christian is to have that changes the way we live, we love, we perceive. And one of the things that happens to us is that we become generous. It 
changes us and affects us. And, 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 and so this love for God, this love for each other began to create a passion in them. What the, the, the last sentence in verse 47, what, what was the product of this? And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There, there began to be a passion. I want you to get this. Not only does generosity become who we are, but there becomes a passion to be generous, not only with my finances and my time, but with this incredible encounter I've had with God. I can't keep it to myself. It becomes a natural overflow of my life. And as a result of you and I just living, doing life, going to work, going to school, talking to our neighbors, living our life, what happens? People begin to encounter Jesus. Generosity and mission. It's not about battling for converts. It's not about proving whose religion is right and whose religion is wrong. It, it, it is the natural overflow of our life. It's the joy of our life. Here's what we discover as Christians. We are refreshed as we release. Come on, somebody say amen. Every time I tell you what Jesus did for me, I experience it again. Every time I share my faith with another person, I'm reminded that I once was lost and now I'm found. I'm reminded that what God did for me. See, I'm not afraid to talk to people that don't know Jesus because someone wasn't afraid to talk to me when I didn't know Jesus. I'm not afraid to share what he's done for me because I know what it's going to do for them. See, really all we're talking about is one beggar telling another beggar where you can find some bread. I'm not intimidated to talk about him. I love him. He changed me. It's the greatest gift in my life. Why is that risky, scary, frightening? It, you, hey, we have the joy of giving away the greatest thing this earth has. And the church just grew daily. While we're in chapter 2, watch what happens. I want you to see this dynamic. Chapter 2 and verse 41 we read this on that day, uh, the first day. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to that number daily. Look at verse 47. Let's read it again. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily. Look at Acts chapter 5 and verse number 14. We find this word again, Acts 5 14. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and, and believed in the Lord and were added to their number. It's added, added, added. But watch this dynamic flow. I want let's look at Acts chapter 6 and verse 7. We find a different word. I want you to look at it in the King James. Look at this. So what has God been doing? Adding, 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 adding. Watch this. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied. Oh now. We're going somewhere. Do you see that in Jerusalem greatly? And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So what happened? We're adding, we're adding, we're adding. And this flow of generosity and mission kept working. And what was addition now turned into multiplication. See, 4 plus 4 is 8, but 4 times 4 is 16. Did you get me? Do you see how this begins to go? What happened? It's the natural flow of the church. It's who we are. It's what we do. It's how, it's, it's how God keeps moving. It's the joy of sharing this. But I want you to understand their understanding and their vision of who they were as the church and why they were there began to mature and develop. Because the natural process in Jerusalem, God added to the church and added to the church because of their love for God, their love for each other, their generosity, their passion. And began to spread. And then they came to the realization, you know what? Everybody on this planet deserves the right to hear about Jesus. 
Everybody on this planet. See, somewhere as we begin to grow in our faith, we realize, hey, this is not just for me. This is for everybody. How many can say amen to that? And so let's look at chapter 13, verse 1. Acts 13, 1. I'm just taking you on a little thumbnail journey here. Watch the church. Watch it develop, this master plan. So, so the, the, the gospel spreading now. All the places the people were gathered from on the day of Pentecost. Now they're going back. I read this about three weeks ago to you, how the church began, began there. And so watch this. They're praying. Acts 13, verse 1. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. See, immediately the order of the New Testament began to be established. Isn't that amazing? This is the very first church in Antioch. Very first group of Christians. This church is beginning to develop. Now watch this. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. These were the prophets and teachers. They were there. Watch this. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. How did he say that? How does the Holy Spirit talk to us today? How does he talk to us? They're worshiping, they're fasting. And the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit said. Was it just a voice that thundered in that room? God can do that, but that's usually not how he does this. They're called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Everybody with me? Want to be a New Testament church? We're going to have to flow in the gifts. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Pray in unknown tongues. Allow God to lead us and guide us. Because as they're praying and worshiping, God spoke through a prophet. The Holy Spirit said, what did he say? Watch this. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, watch this. I'm going on. I don't have time. I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. What are that? Missionaries. Missionaries. God said, I've called these people. He said, pray, lay your hands on them. Send them out. Do you know that we're sending some of our very own right out of this church? Look at this video. I want you to get a greeting from some of our very own. Hi, Calvary Partners. Hi, Kingdom Builders. We are the Rats, and we are missionaries to Zambia. We've seen God do some incredible things over the last two years. We've ministered to several thousand people out of the Lozi tribe, and we've seen many saved, many baptized in the Holy Spirit, many healed, many um, delivered from demons, many people have cut off the charms that they use for witchcraft. We've even seen a witch doctor transform his life, completely laying down witchcraft at the feet of Jesus. Um, we've watched people be delivered from alcoholism. We've seen marriages restored. We've watched families be completely made whole. Um, even homes that used to just be full of full of strife, full of alcohol, are now full of peace. And they're all saved and loving the Lord and following the Lord, all baptized in the Holy Spirit. We um, accidentally planted a church in the bush, which wasn't even in the plans. Um, but we just have a disciple who is loving the Lord and loving people. And um, he is now seeing incredible things out of his own ministry. He's seeing people walk through the doors and get instantly delivered from demons. He's watching people get baptized in the Holy Spirit when he hasn't even laid hands on them. Um, regularly, people are coming and cutting off their witchcraft charms. And he's just boldly preaching the truth, and he's loving people well. 
Um, right now, we've actually made several disciples who we wholeheartedly trust with ministry, and we're about to hand over ministry to them because we're getting ready for some new things, some new tribes and some new languages. But we will tell you more about that when we come home. Thank you so much, and we can't wait to see you. <laughs> wow, wow. You see those young, fresh faces living in the bush in Zambia, doing the work of God. And then he, they said they've already got disciples that they've led to the Lord starting a church. We've got grandkids in Zambia. Come on, praise God for it. Yeah, we do. Our kids are birthing kids. We've got grandkids in Zambia. Don't, don't I look Zambian? Come on, tell me. Doesn't that just blow people's mind? See, they're, they're, look, look at us. Grandkids in Zambia. Look what God is doing. Demons cast out. People say, witch doctor. Did you hear the witch doctor got saved? Cut off his charms, threw them away, standing for Jesus. We're doing what the master plan says we should do. But I want you to see something. See, uh, just like Paul, how do they get there? How did Paul get there? How did Joel and Caitlin get there? How does that happen? All of us share the gospel, but some go to countries and others give to get them there. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Let me show you something. The promise we have. Philippians 4.14. How many with me? Stand with me right now. Philippians 4.14. Come on, watch this. This is exciting. I want you to see Philippians 4.14. Watch this. Here's Paul speaking back to the church. Look at this. This missionary that they sent. You saw Acts 13 is called. Watch this. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel... When I set out from Macedonia, look at this. Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. How did Paul get to these places to preach? These churches did this. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. Where? With God. Now watch. Here's the verse. I receive full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, the offering, the kingdom builders, the mission support. They're a fragrant offering. They're an acceptable sacrifice. Don't leave this here for a minute. To God. Do you realize that, that, that when we follow this master plan, when we're full of generosity and, and sharing his, our faith around us, and we come to realize, as the early church did, that everybody needs to hear the gospel, and God calls missionaries, and we begin to say, we're with you to send you there. You know what happens? What we do, your kingdom builders, is an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And then look at, everybody claims this promise, but only kingdom builder people have a right to it. Are you with me? So let's look at this last verse. Quoted a thousand times, but misquoted most of the time. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Leave it there. You know the King James. And my God shall do what? Supply. Say it with me. Come on, listen. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ. Who is that promise made to? The church that sent the missionary. The church that gave the sacrifice before God. The church that had compassion for the rest of the world. The church has said, we put our arms around Israel. We put our arms around Zambia. We put our arms around India. We put our arms around China. 
We put our arms around South America, Central America, Africa, Asia, Europe, Eastern Europe. We are the church, Eurasia, around North America. We're the church. We're the ones who love and do this. That's what Kingdom Builders is. Kingdom Builders is, is a way we fund outreach. It's how we start right here locally with Jesus and his friends. It's how we, we do serve the city. It's why we have two dream centers. It's why we have recovery ministries. It's how we do those things here. They don't just happen. They come because you and I pray and obey God. They, they are the New Testament pattern. And God honors that. He promises that he will meet every need in your life. And that he has a reward for those who look at others and say, I'm going to obediently give. We're going to do this next Sunday, Kingdom Builders. We, make one, we, we have a, a time like this. We pray, God, what do you want me to do to Kingdom Builders? I, get, I told you, people say, Pastor, how do I do that? I've never done something like this. I give you three words, plan, vision, dream. The plan is this. You sit down, you pray, you talk as a family, and it's just like you make a commitment if you buy something. Okay, we're going to put this amount in Kingdom Builders every month. This is what we're going to do, weekly, monthly, one time. This is what we're going to do. And then you just work the plan. You make a decision. You make a commitment. This is what I'm going to do. But then there's a place that I pray you're growing and I are growing. And, and, and this is called vision where we begin to say, what does God want me to do? Not just what can I plan, what can I figure out, but what did God tell me to do? And then God gets in on that. That's vision. This is a faith commitment. Now, we're going to write these down on cards next week. Listen to me. You say, well, why, Pastor? If somebody will call me, no. No one will ever speak to you about this again. It's between you and God. Well, then why do you want me to write it down? Because we have mission partners. We're going to make commitments. I'm going to trust in God and trust in you. And we're going to begin to make plans and say, God, this is what we're going to do for you. We're going to step out and we'll know where we are. God, what if you step in on this thing with me? What do you want me to do? You learn to listen to God. You learn to obey what he tells you. It's an amazing thing. Then that last word, dream, listen to me. I don't want you to write the dream down. I don't want you to tell anybody else the dream because it's too big and they'll think you're crazy. Dream is when you get along with God as you've learned to plan and vision and then you just say, God, my dream. This is Ephesians 3.20 and God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I ask or imagine. <laughs> Now, I got a crazy imagination for God. And he says he can beat my imagination. How do you believe God's bigger than your imagination? Come on. I want you guys to dream. I want you to dream. I want you to dream. What does that mean? You're saying, God, oh, I'm so passionate about Project Rescue and those women being rescued from human trafficking and their little children. God, what it would it be like if someday you would so bless me that I could just build a home for them? Just me, just write a check. You ever dream like that? I dream like that. I mean, I love to give. Don't you love? So, so don't go tell somebody, I'm going to write a $500,000 check. Don't say it, but pray it. That's the dream. See the difference? What am I saying? Plan, vision, dream. Get this thing with God. Get on your knees. God, what do you want us to do? You know why? Because God's going to do some amazing things. Let me, let me uh, read some verses to you. I want to show you one thing, and we're going to pray. Okay, let, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Turn there with me. How many believe God's bigger than your dreams? Somebody say amen to that. 
I guess it's not a dream anymore because I've said it. But my vision, here's what I want to be. Listen to my turn. My prayer all the time, God, I want to be a soul millionaire. Soul millionaire. What does that mean? I want the influence of my life on this planet to see a million people get saved. I, I pray that all the time. God, I want to be a soul millionaire. God, I want to be a soul millionaire. Now, I said the influence of my life. I can't do that by myself. So I've got some really good news for you guys sitting in this room today. And you're listening to me with, on our social media platform. How many heard what I said? I want to be a soul millionaire. How many? You got that? Let me see your hand. Pastor wants to be a soul millionaire. Okay, here's the good news for you. I can't do that by myself. And I, I was praying about that one day. This is what God told me. He said, okay, if you're going to win a million souls to Christ, then you're going to have to have some dollar millionaires get on a plane with you, get on a board with you. I said, right, okay. So I said, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the men and women at Calvary. I pray this for you all the time. I think I got more faith for you than you have for yourself sometimes. <laughs> I said, God, I want you to raise up millionaires at Calvary. I want you to give men and women ideas and concepts and thoughts and determination and education and, 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 and order and discipline in their life so that they're going to they're gonna make millions of dollars and they're going to be generous in the kingdom with it. Come on. Anybody want to volunteer for my prayer? Um, it's up to you according to your faith. I pray it all the time for you. I don't pray for God to make me a millionaire. I pray God make me a soul millionaire. I, I, so see, I'm going to go. How many going to go to heaven? I'm going to go to heaven. So I got a whole lot of time when I get there. I'm going to meet all million of them. Come on, start coming by. I'm going to give you a million people a high five. Glad to meet you. Good to see you. Some of my grandkids in Zambia. I wondered who you were. Come on, give me a five. You understand? Okay, I got to carry on. We got to look at this. Watch this. Anybody believe with me? Anybody see? What a, are, are, is this good stuff? Is this life at the highest level? Thank God that we get to live and dream and believe. So watch this. This is how God does it. Verse 10, 2 Corinthians 9. Now he, that's God, say God, who supplies seed to the sower, say I'm the sower. Watch this. It's very simple. Now God, who supplies seed to you and I, the sowers, and he gives us bread for food, so we're, we're eating along the way. You with me? He will also supply and increase your store of what? Seed is not what I eat. Seed is what I plant. Don't eat your seed. Tell the person next to you, don't eat your seed. Don't get mixed up. Don't get mixed up. So, all right. Now, God who supplies seed to you and I, the sower, bread for food, will do what? Supply and increase your store of seed. Whoa. Look at this. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. God said, I'm going to bless every part of your life. If you get in business with God, look at verse 11, you'll be made rich in every way. This isn't just a money thing in every way. How many want a rich marriage? Come on. How many want your children blessed? How many want your, the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, rich in every way? You may have been grouchy. Now you're the kindest person. Come on. The, the fruit of the Spirit is operating in your life. Rich in every way. You with me? Why? So that you can hoard it up. What was that guy in the, in the Christmas deal? Scrooge, that's him. So, so you can be the Scrooge. No, so what? You can be what? Generous when? On every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. People around the planet will praise God for you, pray for you, bless you. Calvary family, 
listen to your pastor for another minute. Do you understand what an amazing privilege that you are the answer to those prayers? When people have said, I have nothing left, can barely speak. God in his mercy has given us this life, this hope, this freedom, this deliverance. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. Oh, he's still making a way for us, isn't he? <laughs> Come on. We're, we're, we're not at the end of the road. And some of you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But this is what I love about God. This is what I love about his church. That Look, look, look at this. While I'm walking through the hardest moment of my life, I'm praising him. And I'm still loving somebody else. And I'm not giving up. And, and while I'm walking through mine, I hear you walking through yours. And you know, I found that my greatest healing has come when I prayed for somebody else that needs healing. I found that my greatest joy has come when I've given to someone else when I'm crying myself. It's the kingdom of God. It's who we are. It's not natural. There's nothing natural about it. It's supernatural. How in the world, when I need finances, <laughs> do I give some away? And it works because it's not natural. It's supernatural. It's who we are. We're not a natural people. I tried natural and it didn't work. Anybody been with me? I tried natural. I tried George. I tried me. And it didn't work. But guys, we've met him. He's forgiven us. He's saved us. Jesus lives in us. And we've been given these amazing opportunities to do something great for God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.